Your reasons for listening to this show, well, those are your own. But just keep in mind that the views, information, or opinions expressed on the Tuttle Daily Podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Yeah, it's called free speech, people. Nobody's forcing you to listen. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. My morning actually got started off pretty well. But before I get into that, make sure you check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E dot net. There's a couple of ways you can get a hold of me. You can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Or my preferred method of getting a hold of me, leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. Once again, that is 407-270-3044. Uh, I got up a little bit later today, but I was getting a lot of text messages. Hey, guess what, guys? Guess what, Tuttle? Bubba's talking about you. And I'm like, oh, crap. What what did I do now? And I knew that this had already happened. Seth, Seth Kushner, turned in, I guess, his week's notice. And then, then, I guess just decided not to show up for work today. Do you want to know who uh, did it the right way? And you got to give him a lot of respect. Is Colton. Colton, yeah, Colton, the one guy that everybody used to want to take a shit on, the one that said, oh, he's lazy or he's not doing his job. Guess what? Colton did it right. Colton gave in his two weeks notice, wrote a great, great, amazing letter resigning, thanking everybody there for for the opportunity. And he did his time and left. But I can almost guarantee you the reason why Seth did not work until Friday was because Seth does not like to be made to be felt. He doesn't like to feel uncomfortable is what I'm trying to say before I just completely, completely jumbled up all those words. But what I'm trying to say is Seth does not like to be made to be felt uncomfortable. And that's why he did not work the rest of the week. Which I think is is a little bit of a pussy way, a pussy way to go out. But I was actually on the line with Bubba today. I ended up calling in. I was trying to call the hotline, but it was busy because I think Babyface was on there. Uh, if I'm just being honest, I didn't I didn't think it was busy. I was like, ooh, you know, maybe they don't have the hotline anymore. So 
what I did was I called the regular line and I was able to get in and I was able to talk to Bubba. Now, listen, I kind of get it now. I kind of get what Bubba is wanting. I don't, I, I'm not saying that Bubba wants a pussy, but Bubba also does not want a dick that's just kind of, just always counter-programming. And, and that's kind of what I was doing the last time that I was on the radio show. So guess what? If you want me to be that guy that maybe counter-programs every once in a while, but that isn't a complete asshole about it, or if you want me to just, you know, just have a hungry mouth and take it all day long. I I am pretty much down to do whatever I need to do. And even if Bubba does not bring me back, listen, I, I still have this podcast that I want to do. I am offering. I'll do a one-off show for Bubba once a week on on Bubba Army Radio if if that's what he wants. Yes. I will most certainly do that. Let me know what I need to do. But I had a great conversation. It was amazing to be able to talk to Bubba. You know, one of the things that I noticed, Anna did not. I, di- I didn't hear Anna's voice at all. Was, it, was Anna not in there today? Like, seriously. Because I, I know that I came on a little strong at first. And I kind of went after Anna, but, you know, I, that, I mean, look, you, you, you guys got to realize the people that I have worked with, the people, the radio shows that I've worked with, that's what you do. I mean, radio is kind of like prison. When you, when you show up on the scene, you look for the biggest mother effort you can. And listen, you, you might get your ass kicked. You might get your ass handed to you. But you got to come correct. You got to come strong. Why do I always sound so effing nerdy when I try to be cool? You got to come correct. Maybe it's my delivery or my voice. But what I'm trying to say is you just got to go after the biggest guy in the yard. And right then and there, Anna was the new new girl on, on town. But I stand corrected now. Guys. I think Anna is a state national radio treasure when it comes to broadcasting. I mean, there's not a lot of women that can hang with the Bubba the Love Sponge show. It's just not happening. And she's been able to do it. And I'm not trying to like be sexist or anything like this, but you know what? She's more of a man, but a, a very, very attractive man than what Seth Kush is, in my opinion. And I'm just being honest. I really, really am. I think Anna is amazing. I'm glad that Blitz is still there. I saw the tweet I think Seth made the other day because I, I'm blocked by Seth. And the only reason I saw that is because somebody screenshot it. But Seth said something about, yeah, I bet uh, Blitz is glad that I'm gone now. Um, so I don't know what was going on there. I just know that Blitz, Blitz has a lot of, a lot of pull there. And you don't want to mess with Blitz. Because Blitz is one of the biggest swinging dicks at the BRN. And K-Man, K-Man, dude, dude, K-Man, K-Man's killed it. 
Caveman is a a just a success story when it comes into radio because the guy worked his ass off. He has done so many different jobs at the BRN, and now he's the executive producer. He's been the executive producer for quite some time now. But what I'm trying to say is that is a big-time success story. And then Lummy. Lummy is killing it. Lummy has grown as a broadcaster. Lummy is doing an amazing job. So I would be honored to be able to come back and, and do something with them in some type of fashion. So, guys, I got to take a quick break because I got a great, great interview right around the corner. And I'm telling you, I'm going to go along with this one. The one and only locally, originally from the, the Daytona Beach News Journal, now working with Fox Sports, Fox, NASCAR, the one and only Bob Pockrass, right around the corner. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. DJ Nerd? I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality? Professionally? I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And Hot Talk Satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. Do you have something you want to say? Hey, what kind of preacher is you? Leave Tuttle a voicemail. Because you're kind of ignorant. Especially if you think he's being an asshole. No mega bitch. Will your hurtful comments offend Tuttle? No, baby. Call the show at 407-270-3044. No, baby. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is an interview that I haven't been able to talk to this guy in a while because I, I used to run into him all the time at DIS, Daytona International Speedway. And when I was in high school, Bob Bob Pockrass is on with me. Were you in the News Journal? or the, when? How long were you at I worked, the News Journal? I worked for the Daytona Beach News Journal from 1991 to 2003. Yeah, who was the main guy that was a writer there? He actually wrote about me when I played high school baseball in, at, at Pearson T Taylor. A um, little bit of a heavier set guy, but he, he wrote high school sports there. Oh, I, I, yes, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. That that was like the biggest honor as a high school kid growing up, like to be able to have him write something about me because he it, it was he had a great way of writing. He added a lot of humor and stuff into his articles. Yeah, uh, he he did, and it was it was good. I I, I spent a lot of time up at Pearson as well, uh, and then got kind of shifted towards the a little bit to other other schools. But uh, but Bob, uh, how how, how did you get into NASCAR though? Were were you always there? Because in my opinion, 
to the true NASCAR fans, when it comes to riders, you are that guy. Like, I mean, you, you got to know, like, you are that guy. Well, I grew up in Indy, or I moved mm. to Indianapolis when I was 10, so I knew IndyCar, but uh, I didn't really get into NASCAR until I started at the Daytona paper in 1991. So my first Daytona 500 is 1992. And who was the winner of that year, by the way? We can, wait, can I guess real quick? Um, uh, Sterling, I, Sterling Marlin, maybe? No? Uh, gosh, I, I I'm not... It's hard for me to remember. Uh, that's that's <laughs> the kind of stuff I look up. I, I think I just, I remember um, writing about, was, was that Elliot's first year at? It might have been. Virginia I, Johnson. I, I, I know I just wrote about teammates not working to get well together. And gosh, 30 years later, what's <laughs> there's not a whole lot of difference, right? <laughs> no, there is not, man. Because at the end of that race and at Daytona, uh, Keselowski and Logano kind of got into it there, right? opening up the door for for uh mcdowell to get in there correct that's right you know uh brad you know do, do you joey said i just wanted to get in front of brad to get a good push uh brad probably thinks joey was doing a little bit of a block and <laughs> uh michael mcdowell i i wasn't sure whether michael mcdowell could make a move to win the daytona 500 but he didn't need to make a move all he needed was was the two other guys to make a move and the seas parted let me ask you, why did they throw the caution at that part of the track? Like, I mean, it's, it's, sometimes they will let them race if the caution is a little bit further down the track where they have enough time to be able to get slowed down before they get there. Why? Why? Because that was going into three and four, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you saw the fire, they're going to want to dispatch as many safety vehicles as possible. And. You know, and so they're probably going to come from all different directions. And they, uh, you know, if, if it's a hard hit, if there's a car up in the air, like, you know, Kislowski's was pretty much on top of Kyle Busch's, uh, they're going to they're going to throw it because they 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 feel like they've got to get the safety vehicles moving. They got to get everybody else slowed down in case they're coming you know, back toward that area after the race. And uh, so they, you know, that's that, that that's their thinking. And it's hard to argue, you know, if, if somebody was had been seriously injured and you know, somebody said, well, 10 seconds could have made the difference, you know, in, in the care, uh, you don't want to say, well, you know, we wanted to finish it under, under green when, you know, it's, there were so many balls of flame, you know, in, mm -hmm. in that type of accident and so many hard hits. Um, I, I, whose idea, because I mean, it, it's, it, it's either going to be brilliant marketing or you're kind of like setting yourself up for failure. Who's is it Fox's idea for best season ever? Or is that a NASCAR thing there? Because that, I, I, I'm not I, I was trying to figure out what why did they this best season ever? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm not in those conversations, but you obviously <laughs> saw you saw those advertisements on Fox. Um, you know, that was a that that was a. The, the, those promos were done by Fox. Um, but how much think, does NASCAR, though? How much does NASCAR play I, into that? I, 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 I tell you the truth, I really don't, you don't know. know. I mean, I think they, they're certainly input, or they're certainly, you know, I, I, I would say that you, no partner is going to do uh, some sort of promotion without at least um, notifying the other partner, right? Or there, yeah. there's, there's, gonna, there's at least some conversation uh, just to make sure that, that there's no issues, but you know, I don't think anybody had a problem with that one.
now, so I think the reason that they're going there is that I've wanted new races. I wanted new tracks. Okay. They got Austin. Now I want before we get into talking about that, Bristol with dirt. How has that process been going along? Have you have you heard anything? Well, I mean, they already have the dirt down. They got the dirt from about five miles away. Uh, they showed on their website the dump trucks going and getting the dirt and bringing it back to Bristol. Um, they've, you know, and so now they're working on preparing it and packing it down and and getting it ready uh, to race. And you know, I I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a great race, but I'm gonna say it's must see, it's gonna be must see TV because <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, when you're trying trying it for the first time. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. Uh, and, uh, and then I guess, you know, after you see it once, you'll decide whether you want to do it again. Now, Austin coming up. Why? Why it, are are the fans? Have they been wanting more road course races? Because I know that they're staying in Daytona again. Not a lot of people realize that, that they're that they're still in Daytona uh, because they're going to be running the road course. And I've actually have been really enjoying the road course races on, 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 at DIS. Uh, what have the fans wanted more road course races? What, what's the feeling? Been like? Yeah, the fans have, I mean, according to NASCAR fans want more, uh, road courses and more short tracks and NASCAR took one short track away, <laughs> right. In the sense of Bristol and it made it dirt. Uh, but they certainly have added a number of road courses, uh, at the expense of some intermediate, you know, mile and a half tracks and a two mile, a couple of two mile tracks. So uh, the NASCAR thinks that that fans will enjoy it. Obviously the Xfinity series had already run at road America. So, you know, it's a putting cup there seemed, you know, like a good idea to NASCAR. And, you know, I think running at circuit of the Americas in Austin is, you know, that's twofold. One, they want that market. They, they like the, you know, the, the Austin market, but also two, Fans who follow other forms of motorsports know Coda because Formula One races there. Mm-hmm. Uh, MotoGP, I think, has run there. So it's a it's a course that's familiar to more people than just NASCAR fans, and therefore, I think NASCAR hopes that they can you know get some cross uh, you know that 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 those people then watch potentially watch that race. I've been noticing. Okay, are we in this point like? Is is there a cycle of where there's a flipping of generations when it comes to NASCAR? Because they were talking about one of the only drivers that was in Dale Earnhardt's final race was Kurt Busch during the race. <clears throat> and it just shows you how the generation, the drivers that we've been following, now it just it seems like it's gotten younger and younger and younger again. Um, are we at that point right now? Like, is this the beginning of a new generation? Because I know we still got some of the older drivers there. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it is because when I go back to Phoenix and when you had Jimmy Johnson giving Ch- Chase Elliott a fist bump there after Chase Elliott wins the championship, that was kind of like, all right, pass the, another torch. The, exactly, exactly. That's so. When I look at it from that standpoint, that you know, certainly there's still some, you know. The over forty crowd of Newman, Kurt Busch, uh, Harvick, and a few others, but it, you know you've got you've got so many now young drivers who are now they're not just new they're not really new but they've been around for four or five six years the Blaney's the Elliots Bubba Wallace so you so now I think people are starting to know who they are they're also starting to get their own identity and really are going to be able to now you know kind of be 
kind of the core group that, you know, that, that this generation uh, kind of focuses on. What are some of the big stories that we need to be looking forward to this year in NASCAR? Like, I mean, if, if just moving forward, some of the things, are there any of the points different? Like, or is the chase at the end, uh, it, it, or is there a mix up with any of the races there? No, um, all the races in the playoffs are the same. Uh, but, you know, obviously you've got now six road courses in the regular season instead of two. Man. So, you know, so that's, uh, you've got Daytona road course, you've got Circuit of the Americas, you've had the Indy road course, and Sonoma Road America. And then you have Sonoma and Watkins Glen that have been around for, for a long time. Haley Deegan. What's the timeline? Are they are they not going to try to rush her? Like, have you heard anything there? Well, I know yeah, she's I, going into the trucks now. Yeah, I would I would think they're looking at two years of trucks, two years of Xfinity, and then a move to Cup. But I think it all depends on how she progresses, you know. And you know, if she did really great this year, there might be an urge to get her an Xfinity car next year. If she needs another year in Xfinity, you know, if she needs a third year, you know, I would think that they would. They would look at that, uh, but I, I wouldn't expect her in the trucks more than two years. I think if you're going to spend two years in the trucks and then you're going to try Xfinity, uh, just like, you know, you look at a driver like Harrison Burton, right? He spent a year mm-hmm. or two in the in the trucks, didn't really have very good truck uh, season in 2019, but had a pretty solid rookie season as an Xfinity driver with four wins in 2020. Burton, uh, which one is, is any relation to Jeff or Ward he's, or he's uh, Jeff's son? Harrison okay. is Jeff's son. You're bringing you're bringing up sons. What happened? Did Mark Martin's son was everybody? You know, he was doing a lot of racing and stuff. It, did he? Was it just one of those things? He lost interest in it. Like what? It, mm-hmm. Any any behind the scenes of what happened there? Because you know, a lot of people expected some stuff from him. Yeah, I mean, that was a long time ago. Trying to get through, go through my memory bank, but I, I, I think it was pretty much that he did. You know, that it just wasn't something he, you know, wanted to keep doing. And and I think you know, in racing, that if you if you're not committed, if you don't want, if you don't want to do it, it's really hard to make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. Can Chase be bigger than his father? I, I uh, when it comes to popularity, because Bill Elliott there for the longest time before Dale Earnhardt Jr. was there was the popular driver. Everybody loved him. And I think Chase is that kid now. I think he's the new one. I think he can be. I mean, you look at what he's 25 years old and he's already won a cup title. So how many more can he win? You know, yeah. can he win? You know, his uh, you know, if he wins four five, six uh, titles, I think he can be bigger than his uh, than his dad. And, you know, and he's already so popular at such a young age so you know i think the potential's there bob where 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 are you living at right now like you know do you still have a like place in daytona or do north carolina now no i was in north carolina but i you know i realized a couple years ago that the best place to live is where your wife lives and so (laughs) um so i am mainly in new york city oh no kidding so so, and you know there's planes i can get to races uh pretty much pretty easily let me let me ask you though. At, at the beginning of COVID, that had to be pretty bad because, like, New York was like the hardest hit area there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, was it was it as bad? Like, people just did not go outside, or were there just some of those people that just kept going out? Well, I mean, I think it. You know, 
when you live in New York, in, unless you get everything delivered and you can get everything <laughs> delivered, but like, you know, going to the store, you walk to the store, you know, you walk to the drugstore. So you walk to the grocery store, you, you, so there were still people who were, you were at, you know, if you need to get, you know, essentials, you went out, you walked in, you wore your mask and you went and got them, you know? So, I mean, again, you could have do Instacart, right. And all that, all that stuff. But, um, there also is, you know, if you want to go and choose things, it's, um, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is that in, in some ways, you know, there were always people out walking on the sidewalk because you, you didn't really have a choice, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and so, but, uh, you know, obviously there weren't a lot of stores or anything open there uh, early on. Now, now, what does NASCAR have a time frame of when they might like starting letting more and more people? Because, you know, Daytona International Speedway and Homestead, our governor here in in the state of Florida, basically just wants to let it let it ride, just let let as many people in as possible. Has NASCAR has that been discussed, or are they still trying to be cautious? They're still trying to be, you know, cautious. Uh, they're 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 keeping their uh, their stadiums at about thirty percent uh, full. Um, if Las Vegas uh, can get can have twenty percent if they get approval from the government, so that's what they're hoping to have in a couple of weeks. Uh, but you know, but they're being they're being uh, you know they're trying to make sure that they seat people, they can seat families together, and then have a social distance until in between the, their seats and and the seats of other people. I think the question will become is that once more people get vaccinated, could you have a section of no social distancing with a, like a vaccinated section, right? And then oh, a okay. section yeah. of, of that would have to be social distance of people who are not vaccinated. That's going to be, that's probably the next question that, uh, that sports leagues are going to have to answer. Yeah. Um, now, so... Man, there there are so many questions I want to ask. All right, so the interview I thought with Michael Jordan, Strahan, uh, Hamlin, and and Bubba was fascinating. I I liked it a lot. Um, did you have a chance to to see uh, Michael Jordan? Was he at the track uh, this past weekend for the five hundred? He was at the track, but he was in the suites. So okay, part of NASCAR's protocols is that you're either in the infield or you're in the suites. Oh, they they want you to go back and forth. They don't want people going back and forth. So, so he was in the suites. Apparently he'll be in the infield potentially, you know, on the pit road this week, but, um, I I did not, I did not see him, uh, at the racetrack. I mean, that's gotta be kind of intense. Like knowing your car owner is Michael Jordan, the, one of the most competitive people that that's ever played any sport i mean i'm not just talking baseball football i'm just i'm talking one of the greatest competitors well i guess the question is here if you're bubba wallace are you more intimidated by michael jordan or by richard petty i mean right because he's been running for richard petty right so i mean that is you've you've got the 43 on your side of your car you know nascar that's that's you know it, it may not be the worldwide attention that you have by mm-hmm. driving for Michael Jordan, but there certainly is a, uh, you certainly have an owner who, uh, who apparently knows how to win. Right. Yeah. But, but are, has NASCAR ever thought about that though? Drivers that are racing for one team, but owning cars 
in other teams. Like, you know, when Gordon, uh, Gordon was a part owner in Jimmy Johnson's car at one time, correct? Yeah. Uh, for Hendrick. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, it was kind of a, you know, he, he owned a piece of Hendrick. He owns an equity portion of Hendrick. He still does. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of said, well, okay, so we're going to put your name as the owner of the 48 car. Yeah. But yeah. He, he technically owns a piece of every car. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they, but, they right, but I understand what you're saying, right? Because you had Dale Earnhardt. Remember, Dale Earnhardt owned the uh, cars and, and mm -hmm. raced against them. But uh, it was just this past year where NASCAR kind of, they've bended their rules a little bit. You know, they have the four team rule where a car owner can't own more mm -hmm. than four cars. Because Roush owned set, it five at one time, right? Roush owned five. They got all five in the in the chase, and NASCAR said, "Well, maybe we should limit it to four. Um, So they, but and 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 since then, they've always said a driver of a four car team can't own another car. But they've, but for Hamlin, and I guess now going forward, they've they've loosened up that rule, um, mm -hmm. or they loosened up that interpretation of the rule. Their main concern is that they don't want. Let's say Dale Jr. drove for Hendrick Motorsports, and then he had Junior Motorsports come up and be a four-car cup team. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, you could have eight cars that all have all have sponsorship. Be, well, not same motors, but all have sponsorship and get money because of Dale Jr. Right? Because Dale Jr. Oh. could could do appearances and every get money from all four of the Hendrick sponsors, and then from all four of his sponsors. They don't, and they don't want somebody to have that much control on the sponsorship size. It's more business type um, reasoning rather than a competitive reasoning. They don't want somebody to be able to make money off of eight cars. They don't, they just want you to be able to make money off of four. You mentioned the infield. Uh, I've been to many Daytona 500 uh, and usually just the uh, people watching in the infield at Daytona is amazing. How how was it like this year with the pandemic? Were there still people out, you know, or the, did they just like let them loose? Uh, the, and there were still people in the infield that I think they didn't want, you know, there weren't as many like large gatherings in the infield. You know, I still saw a couple of, you know, it looked like certainly more than the people of that campsite in that campsite. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the one thing they do do is that they didn't they don't allow for tent camping because they their shower facilities are closed. So it's only RVs. OK. Uh, so that kind of changes changes the dynamic a little bit, uh, too. Now the rain, man. Um, I wanted to get into that. What I saw that that beginning crash. Now there was also a big deal about the Saturday night race, and maybe you can fill me in on that. About did somebody like do a spin out? Because I know they always keep that little spray painted part of the in the trioval. Like if you've ever been to a Daytona 500, they actually hire people to hold ropes where you can't walk mm -hmm. on that part of the area. Was what what was the big controversy? Because I think uh, Chip Wilds uh, uh, was making a lot uh, of so. Well, well, I think the issue was is there was rain earlier in the day, and so when there were wrecks that went through the infield. They didn't oh, just mess it up. Yeah. So there was a lot of mud and a lot of digging into the infield that they were going to have <laughs> to repaint. So um, I don't think they, it wasn't that anybody did anything wrong or anything that they weren't supposed to do. It was just a matter of, hey, this is the uh, this is, you know, what happens when it rains and uh, and then you have crashes. I got to tell you, man, Fox, is it just because there's not as many people in the stands, but the camera angles were 
absolutely amazing that they were getting. And I was actually seeing a lot of drones flying around. If you look closely when when uh, McDowell was out, you know, I was wondering how they were getting those sh uh, runaway shots like that. And then when McDowell gets out of the car and they're interviewing him, I'm seeing like drones flying behind him. And I'm like, is that something new? Have they have have they always been using drones or? Uh, I want to say the drones started last year during the pandemic. Because okay, the, yeah. Because when there were no fans, then you know, then you certainly could use them. And you know, the, again, that's not really my, uh, it's not my area of expertise. Uh, but um, but you I, can tell a difference. I, but, but 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 obviously you saw it. You know, so um, I think you know we're obviously always looking for ways to uh, to uh, enhance the telecast. See, you writers, see, that's the thing about it. The radio, they get like HD radio and stuff. And then the TV, like I saw them during the Super Bowl, they were like overusing that new filter where like it focuses on the foreground and blurs the behind. Like there needs to be like some cool technology for like you writers and stuff. Maybe, may I, I mean, do, like when you write, okay, when you, when you start writing, are you like one of those like old school hipster typewriters or do you use like an old school typewriter or like, are you like doing speak this? Like, I don't know. Like, is there like some of the old writers are like, no, nah, man, I don't use like a, a word processor. I use a real typewriter. No, no. Everybody uses computers and everything. I think the, now everybody's getting into, you know, the, do you use an app to uh, record interviews that that transcribes the interview and then you can go back and listen and have it and get the words right a little bit quicker than you used to when you used to just have to transcribe it all yourself and and that kind of thing but uh, there's um you know i think uh most uh most writers now are you know if, if you not if you don't keep up with the technology it's really hard mm -hmm. to stay in the business Bob, how, how how when you go into a day or go into a weekend of racing, are you just out there trying to take everything in and let the story find you, or do you go into the weekend where maybe you get you've got a little inside information, or you have an idea of an angle uh, that you're wanting to go into the weekend writing? I'm sorry, I don't mean to like nerd out about writing, but I've always found it no, interesting. No. So, I mean, I think it, it depends on the week. I mean, I think the, here's the thing, going into the Daytona 500, you knew the manufacturers were going to work together. You saw it in the duels, right? You saw that they were all going to pit together. So I think you go into that saying, okay, I'm going to watch for that because I know it might happen. Now, if it turns into a story or not, you don't really know until it happens. But I think you have an idea of storyline, potential storylines, and then when Michael McDowell all of a sudden wins the race, you take that sheet of storylines and crumple it up and throw it away. And you write about Michael McDowell, right? So I think that's that's uh, kind of the way you approach it. Now, sources as a journalist are always protected. Okay. Like, and and you don't have to tell me who or whatever, but like, do you, do you have certain people, maybe people that maybe work on the inside, maybe work for NASCAR or work for a certain track or maybe a team like that will give you stuff like that. And do, has NASCAR ever come to you like, all right, Bob, how did you find out this information? You know, like, has anything ever come close to something I mean, like th that? Th th they'll, they'll ask, but they don't get an answer. <laughs> um, but that, you know, I may, I may give them an idea of like, you know, how, especially if it's something that they would have no idea, um, you know, like how something works or something like that. But 
you know, I think the key is, is not to have one or two people. The key is to have lots of people, right? So that you're not going to the same person every time. So you would say a lot of the people do trust you because you have a name and people I, know. I have a certain, I, I like to think I do, you know, I'm, you always want to have more, right? And, and there are other reporters, <laughs> there are other writers who have other, you know, who might have same sources or different sources. So it's, um, it's all about who you trust. The hard part about NASCAR is, you know, it's, it's a business and you always have to know why is, you always have to question why somebody is telling you something like what's in it for them. And, you know, it's, uh, have you ever gotten burned on 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 Samantha? Like somebody giving you like the false information or something? Um, I mean, I think there's certainly people that you know who won't who will try to throw you off when you ask a, a question, and then and if you have and you know and you if you have the answer from some, from other sources, you 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 know like okay, well this person. They were not honest with me before. So. so you don't let them in on it, though, because you you don't want to let them know that they, that, you know, that they're not that they're not telling the truth. Truth, well, Right. I mean, I think there's there's times it depends. I mean, if if somebody if you really feel like somebody has thrown you off or has really done you wrong, um, you know, you may actually say something like, look, the next time this happens, I'm going to have to go with my sources because you mm -hmm. lied to me. I mean, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a that's not an unfair thing to say to somebody. And, you know, because you're just explaining to them what, you know, what, what what's, uh, you know. What, you know, what's happening, I mean, I think in, in any business, you know, it's better to, to talk out if you have an issue with somebody than mm -hmm. if you don't. Have you ever, because everybody's seen like either Kyle or Tony when he was driving, like a reporter will ask a dumb question. I'm not saying you've ever asked any dumb questions, oh. but have you ever had a driver get upset at you for a question that you've asked? <laughs> well, I mean, beyond the Kurt Busch incident. Um, well, I mean, tell people, yeah. I know the Kurt Busch incident. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when Kurt, uh, chewed me out and got suspended for a week because he was already on probation um that uh uh and that you know i didn't ask for that to happen but um no. you know or for that penalty to be but issued, inside so. you had to be like hell yeah this article that i'm about to write no, is you, don't, you, don't, you don't really want to be part of the news but sometimes just in our position you are so it's uh mm -hmm. you know it's, it's just part of the it's you know, look, our, our job is going to be is adversarial at times. It's the, it's just the nature of the job. It's the nature of reporting. And so uh, I think the key is just don't take it personally, even if somebody is yelling at you or mad at you or whatever, you know, you explain to them, you know, explain your best and, and move on. I've I've done like I in radio, I cut my teeth doing the man on the street stuff, asking questions. And I've noticed why do reporters like here? I'll give you an example. Like when it comes to politics and stuff, people ask a question and they give you a runaround answer. Do journalists not ask follow up questions anymore, or say, you know what, you just you you really didn't answer or even come close to answering anything that I said? Well, I think that it's, it's twofold. I think one, I mean, I think there are people who ask follow ups, um, but you know, I mean, look. If you feel that your if you feel that your question was pretty clear and they're not gonna and 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 they don't answer it, you know, then you're like, okay, I gave you the chance to answer it, and I can make an opinion on on your answer. And if you're not answering the question, then you know, then uh, you can't come back and 
and say, well, you didn't give me the, the chance to respond, right? You know, so you're, you're trying to get information, but if you feel that somebody is just going to give you the runaround, then why waste time with three or four follow-ups, depending on the situation? Yeah. They say, I want to get to another topic that, that I might actually get some useful information. Does that, yeah. if that makes sense, right? You know, yeah, it, does. it does. You know, so I, th I think it just depends on the situation. Sometimes you say, okay, I'm going to follow up on this because I really want to see if I, if this person will tell me. Another time, mm -hmm. be, be like, you just kind of throw up your hands. Okay, look, anybody with an earlobe can, can, can heard, heard your answer, knows that you dodged the question. Um, and I've done my job to, to ask you that question. And, you know, and we're not, we're obviously not going to get an answer for it. All right, two two more, and, and I know we're getting really inside on stuff, but I, I'm I'm always been interested, and 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 I think people, you are a personality when it comes to NASCAR. I've I've seen some of your tweet ups. People love you. They, I mean, was how did you come up with the tweet up idea? Because I know a lot of people do them, but I mean, it seemed like you know pre pandemic everybody was showing up for oh, your tweet up. Yeah. yeah, in 2009, you know, we got. They got some of us at NASCAR Scene Magazine on Twitter and Jeff Gluck, um, you know, oh, yeah, much. Mm -hmm. Jeff Gluck, you know, somebody, some fans said, hey, we want to see you. He said, OK, he's like, well, I'm going to come to this area outside the track at this time if you want to say hello. And like four or five people came to say hello or maybe they went, maybe they actually he said, hey, I'm going to go sit in the stands to watch the 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 Bush Series race. If I'm going to sit here. So if anybody wants to come, you know, come. So. You know, and, and he just started building it and, you know, and I wanted to join. I, tweet ups are a great thing because it allows us to talk to a lot of fans quickly. Engage. And engage the fans, the fans that you know who are hardcore fans a lot of times. So we can ask a lot of questions and get, you know, we can find out the pulse of the fans really well. And plus they like to, uh, they like to talk racing and, you know, and that's part of our job is to talk racing. And so it's a kind of a great way to, help us uh, get a better pulse of the fans and help the fans get a little bit more of a pulse of us. All right. I'm about to get into this weekend, but uh, being a radio guy, I've never gotten, I think some of the best broadcasters when it comes to radio are the guys at MRN. Like if you've never like listened to a NASCAR race, they make it exciting. They never talk over each other. And it's like, not a lot of people realize this. They're at certain points of the track, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. They now, usually have some. That, now, do they have a producer? All right, we're coming into turn one, or like, how how does that work? Or do you even know? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know too much, but I mean, I think they, they pretty much, you know, all of them, have, a lot of them have worked together for years. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they kind of know. Okay, this person's going to take this when the leader gets to certain here to there. You know, like they know. Oh, I got you. I got they, you. They, 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 I think they base their a lot of their stuff on visuals. And yeah. Cadence. Okay. All right. Who has the best infield food in the media center? Because all the media people out of all the tracks you go to, you know, Daytona oh, has a man, that, spread. That's uh that's a. That's a tough <laughs> question. Well, I didn't, um, I didn't mean to pitch you on there because no, I used to partake. Well, no, um, you know, I and the thing is, I'm eating a lot of vegan this these days. Oh, so, you are. So, I mean, you are looking. That, you so, are looking so, more trim, though, man. So that's uh, that that makes it tough because there isn't always a lot of food um, there. But I would say, um, uh, <laughs> I think I actually I would, I stopped think, Bob. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the, the thing is, is that uh, Daytona often has a little salad bar. So if they, if you, right. if, so anytime, anytime that we're, you know, that you can at least get a little bit of a salad and do it yourself so that there's no stuff on there you don't want. That's a good thing. All right. Coming up this weekend, we got the road course. This is going to be a little bit more different than what it was during the clash because you're going to have more cars on the track. Okay. So what are we looking for now? This is also another question. Uh, got a lot of rain last weekend before the 500 weekend. Are will have they thought about rain tires if they had to, or is it not feasible because of being on the bank? No, they'll have rain tires. They'll use rain tires if they need them. So, uh, if but have we ever them. seen rain tires on? I think maybe that Canada race. Maybe I I, I can't well, remember. Well, and uh, Charlotte. Um, Charlotte this past year, the Xfinity oh, race had did. a lot of, had a lot of rain. And then the cup cars started the race on rain tires, many of them, and then went to, uh, went to slicks pretty quickly. Are there such things as road course ringers? Like there used to be like, a board really. said, no, there isn't. They, they, it just, they, they just I mean, do not interest it. AJ Amendinger is kind of, but he's running a full Xfinity season. But it's just so hard for them to get in good cars, you know, to uh, and plus the cup drivers now are so much better at road course racing that it's really hard to, uh, you know, for them to really have an impact. Now, you'll see it in some of the other series, like a guy like Andy Lally is going to run in the Xfinity series and he he'll, he'll be. He'll be really strong, but of course, he also has, you know, he was the cup rookie of the year about 10 years ago, so he also has a lot of stock car experience. Marcus Ambrose, though, he I don't think would you have considered him a ringer back in the day because he was running a full schedule? I yeah, think, no, right? I wouldn't have considered him a ringer. Nope. No. Now, all right. Michael McDowell wins the 500. His first win, 14 years. Doesn't seem like he's been in there that long. Is that why the Daytona 500 is so big and so great? Because that can make his career. That can be his only win. And he'll do that. And that'll be the last question. And I'll let you go. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, part of what makes Daytona great, right, is the fact that there are a lot of a lot of people can win that race, right, because of the style of racing and the style of drafting. And so it it, it, it creates a lot more of the drama. You always have that chance of the underdog uh, winning that race. Now, does it happen all that often? Well, it ha happened since 2011 in Trevor Bain, right? So, yeah. you know, so once every 10 years, I kind of like that, right? Like yeah, it, it, that, that that's true underdog, right? Once. If it happened every three or four years, you'd be like, oh, that's not great. But, uh, you know, but to see somebody like Michael McDowell, a guy who spent four years doing a start and park car, you know, back in the mid 2010s, mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, you know, winning Daytona 500 in his 358th career start, his first cup win. That's that's a story of perseverance. And I think that's a story that a lot of people will gravitate to. Could we get another first time winner this weekend? Uh, you could, but, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, I chase Elliott's going to be hard to beat, right? He's, he's yeah. been, he's been the star of the road courses. And I think the other top road course racers are going to, um, you know, they all already have wins. I'd, I'd be mildly surprised if, if you have a new winner this week, guys, do yourself a favor, follow Bob on twitter because it is one of the greatest race companions like if you're a nascar fan follow him it's bob pockrass it's uh, bob you do the pitch it's yours bob right. pockrass tell people how they can find you 
You they find me at Twitter at, at Bob Pockers, B-O-B-P-O-C-K-R-A-S-S. Same on uh same on Instagram and I've got a fan Facebook page, uh, Bob Pockers fan. And if they want to check out your writing, where is your articles usually found? Well, I think if you've if you've watched anything on Fox, any sports event on Fox over the last six months, you may know that we have a new website and a new app. And uh, a lot, all my writing can be found in the NASCAR section of those. Hey, Bob, man, I'm so proud. I'm so happy for you of all your success, man. And if there's anything you ever need, please feel free to reach out. I will. It's always good to talk to somebody uh, who grew up in in Central Florida and Pearson and went to Taylor <laughs> High, considering I yep. spent a lot of years uh, covering some football games there. Well, thank you, Bob. Have a wonderful day. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Nerd. Radio personality and Hot Talk Satirizer. You're listening to the Tuttle Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Last segment of the day. I apologize that I went a little long with Bob Pockras. I mean, the guy is, I consider him a friend. I mean, you, you got you to gotta think about this. this. This guy, him and Big Ed were writing about me when I was playing high school baseball at the Daytona Beach News Journal. So that's that's how long that I have known him. And then when I, when my wife started working for NASCAR uh, and I started going to all the events and, and getting to hang out with Bob and to see how Bob has progressed going from sporting news to ESPN and then now to Fox, I mean, I I could not be prouder of the guy. So, don't forget, every uh, night, 7 p.m., I do the Tuttle Daily Podcast live stream on my YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed yet, please do. Uh, Please tell your friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, coworkers, whoever it may be, make sure they subscribe. And it's very important to hit that bell button because when you hit that bell button, you're going to get alerted to any time that I get up uh, get up any uh, new uploads or I go live on my channel. Now, earlier in the show, I was talking about how I was on the Bubba the Love Sponge show. Bubba the Love Sponge show this morning. Uh, Seth Kushner left. I wish him the best in his future endeavors, but... Uh, my name kept coming up. My producer called me. Uh, I was also listening at the time because I was kind of interested to see what they had to say. But he was like, hey, man, you got to call in. You got to call in because I wasn't going to call in. I didn't I did not want to cause any issues, but I'm glad I did. It was it was amazing to be able to talk with Bubba today. Uh, I'm still having a lot of fun doing my podcasts and stuff, but 
Yeah, guys, I've been I haven't been on terrestrial radio in in quite some time, and I'm ready to get back to work. Let's do this. And if you want to see that happen, reach out to Bubba on his social media, his Instagram, his Facebook. Uh, I don't. He's not on Twitter anymore. I think you can still leave him an email. Show at btls.com. That show at btls.com. Uh, let him know. Hey, man, bring Tuttle back. I'm going to be cool. I know how Bubba wants me to work now. He does not want that big counter programmer. And I can play any part that he needs me to be. I'm clear-minded. Clear mind, full heart, clear eyes. I know I just butchered that, but from Friday Night Lights. But I'm all about that. Tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. You complete me. Let's make it happen. Let the big boss man know what you want. Tell him you want Tuttle back. Guys, want to thank every single one of you for listening. want to thank everybody that supports me. I hope you guys are being safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Do you want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com, Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash title on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, what's going on?